0: Let me ask you some flashcard questions. So like, let's say uh, you're a manager at a coffee house franchise, like similar to a Starbucks or whatever. And uh, you work very hard, but the male executives at your office always ask you casually, like sexually harassing kind of questions. And they touch your hand, they touch your leg, they touch your arm. They ask you inappropriate things. And you work there for like 10 years. Okay. Oh. Uh, but you never spoke out against it because you don't like to cause trouble. And as a result, all the other female managers at the company call you a pushover. What do you do?
1: First, I need to ask, are the people harassing me attractive? No. Ah, because <laughs> that would be the solution for all of it.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. I
1: know. Life is really a bitch. But usually, if like people are telling me I'm a pushover, I'm not going to push back. Like you know. I'm going to keep pushing up like you know. Why? Well, it feels like that's my character. I'm like <laughs> okay, so you want to keep a consistent um, character. Maybe I, I just like I should walk on like a slippery slope, you know, like like a street that is a bit like slippery and then I I, I, I walk in and I, I flip over and I bump my head in the in the the floor, on the floor, and then I just change my personality and I'm like fuck you gassos. and then I go and I <laughs>
0: okay 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 so when you said slippery slope you meant like a literal slippery slope like on yeah, a yeah. hill and uh you want to do like this um old rom-com kind of trope where you bump your head and you and then change i change and then i go
1: to t- to grab that lawyer what is the lawyer that always like takes care of all the like sexual harass women in the u.s okay that woman yeah Oh, okay she's yeah. famous uh-huh. anyway i will <laughs> i don't remember her name i will grab her and we'll be like you know I will like do a thing. i will be like, this company's horrible. <laughs> they, you know, and I will do my yeah. own TV and then, bam, I own the company
0: so um your your solution is to fall on your head, ok? Great. <laughs> All right. So you're the same coffee house franchise manager lady, mm-hmm. and you've been in a relationship with a man for a year now. But lately he's been showing signs of boredom. And he's not that excited to see you anymore. He doesn't want to go on any trips with you. And then you find out that he's been two-timing you with some other chick. And that chick turns out to be a colleague of yours from work. And she's one of the bitches who calls you a pushover. What do you do?
1: Um, what do I do? I don't know. I feel like, you know what? I feel like women always get the blame from for the guys making a bad decision. I feel like it's not Christina's fault. But she will get some. <laughs> yeah, and um, I don't know if I want—I still want that guy back because he doesn't care. But you know, I have a thing for guys that don't care. So maybe I'm still very much in love with him. So I will—I oh. um, will cut Christina. I will cut her. You will cut
0: that bitch. Yeah, I will cut her. All right. So you're—you're you're the same manager lady, all right? And uh, you have a childhood best friend. Okay, you've known since you were children. She's the same age as you. She has a younger brother who is the same age as your younger brother and their best friends. And uh, you're, you guys are like family. Your parents know them. Your parents adore them. And then one day, you find yourself attracted to your best friend's younger brother. And he likes you too. Of course he does. <laughs> Meanwhile your best friend, your parents, your brother, everybody thinks of one another as family. What do you do?
1: Well, the important thing to remember in this case, we're not family. We can fuck. It's fine. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, But we will keep it a secret because that's sexy. <laughs> um,
0: so the whole time you're together, you just be a secret?
1: Yeah, I'll we'll be like, oh, could you help me with the groceries? Let's go to the supermarket. Wink, wink. And uh, we fuck in the alley or something.
0: Jesus Christ! <laughs>
1: yeah, he's he's young. He he likes to do that. I'm up. For oh my it.
0: <laughs> God! No. All right. Let's say your cell phone breaks, and uh, your plan, your cell phone plan, was written under your ex boyfriend's name. And because your phone broke, you need to go to the mobile store with your ex. But your ex is still very much hung up on you. Okay, and so you're. I know it's fucked up because he's the one that was bored by you in the first place. Anyway, so your ex-boyfriend gets you in his car. But instead of driving to the cell phone place, he starts driving down a highway very fast and threatens to die together. And you don't have a phone. You don't have anything. You're trapped. What do you do?
1: I will do the big. (laughs) You're being silly because that's how women dissipate crazy people <laughs> i will be so big you're being
0: <laughs> silly oh, it's that big? you're
1: being so silly and then i will <laughs> <so fucking> sad. <laughs> and then we'll be like hey why don't we like listen to some records and like we just put music and i will be like mm, i'm kind of hungry let's go to mcdonald's or something um That
0: is is so the kind of answer you would give. Oh, my God. I'm kind of hungry. Let's go to McDonald's or something. Meanwhile, you're being fucking kidnapped. You're being kidnapped by your crazy ex-boyfriend. And you're like, oh, you're being so silly. Let's go to McDonald's.
1: Okay, but how I see it is, like, I can get a free meal from this. It's important.
0: (laughs) And of all the meals, you're going to choose McDonald's.
1: Yeah, if if it's going to be a trash day, it's going to be a trash day. What can you What should I where should I go? I don't know. A fancy place? I don't think he will you know, I think he's an asshole. He's not going to take me to a nice place. He wants to kill me. <laughs> <laughs> he will yeah, be like my
0: when he wants to murder you he's not gonna take you to any other place but mcdonald's that's the best you can ask for
1: the, the cheesecake factory i don't
0: know <laughs> oh yeah i would love to go to the cheesecake factory as my last meal are you kidding
1: oh, yeah you can see yeah. the calories that's not good that's not good they have cheesecake factory in berlin no <laughs> oh <laughs> that's the thing. you tell him a restaurant doesn't exist and we just like look for it until he gets tired <laughs> that's a better strategy it's like yes you know what i'm tired i'm going to take you home let's keep this going another day <laughs> like, okay
0: <laughs> yeah we'll try again tomorrow sure we'll try to die together again tomorrow all right so you're in love with your best friend's younger brother okay but your status obsessed mother you know there's always one she's so obsessed with this she completely rejects him okay and she used to be like another mother to your boyfriend and your best friend. Because you guys are dating. She's saying all these horrible things to your friend and your boyfriend. And your mother starts showing up at your best friend's workplace. And your boyfriend's house to convince them to break up. What do you do?
1: <clears throat> what do I do? Um, it's my mom. Okay. I will try to set her up with someone so because this is what happens when mothers don't get laid Oh God! they they have to bother your life so you need to give them something or I will give them you know the what cats do to play with like the little like what's the name of that that thing a cat toy no 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 the thing that you do like a sweater what's the name of this well like the thing that you
0: Oh, a, a, yeah, a, um, a spool
1: of wool, a yes. string of... Yes, I will give her that. Okay. And I will be like, "Mom, I really need a sweater. And maybe that keeps it busy. Wow. I love
0: how uh, misogynistic <laughs> your, your responses are.
1: I'm pretty sure I'm hitting all the right <laughs> marks.
0: <laughs> and she just doubles down on the misogyny. <laughs> Final question. So... You find out that your boyfriend took a job in the United States without consulting you, and then he asks you to quit your job and move to the United States with him. What do you do?
1: What state?
0: Uh, let's say New York. Huh? No. <laughs> no?
1: Well, I don't know. I want to go to the ocean. I don't want to go to New York. It's a city. I saw one time I rat there, and I think that— okay. I will give you a feminist answer. Uh, no, I'm not going. Okay, why? <laughs> you I- can't think of anything because you're so
0: misogynistic. You <laughs> want to go. You know,
1: then my, my head was like, but you love him so much. <laughs> 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 yeah, but then I, I will try to get me a, a bu- another, another boo-boo. I think I will try to, to get my life... I will try to rip him off.
0: Oh my God. Wait, so you're going to go to New York with him and then leave him and then find another man in New York? Yeah. Oh my God. And you like... know what?
1: I think I will start sound up comedy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. It's nice talking to you. Yeah, thanks. Welcome to K Drama School. I'm your host, Grace Jung, and class is now in session. Today I'm going to talk about the show Something in the Rain. It's a 2018 drama that came out in the spring. Um, it also came out the same year that the uh, Me Too Korea movement was like full on happening. The show is uh, written by Kim Eun and uh, it's directed by An Panseok. The Korean title of Something in the Rain is Pap 잘 Hajun or it could also be translated as the pretty nuna who buys meals very often. Uh, if you don't know what nuna means, it, it's it's how a younger male would address an older female between family and friends. I believe that this is Kimun's debut work. I could be wrong, but I believe it's her debut work because it's very hard to find information on this particular writer. And that could only mean that she's fairly new, but what an amazing debut. I thought this show was um, pretty much perfect. Yeah, it's very well written. The casting is supreme. Everybody's amazing on the show. The chemistry between Chung and Son Ye-jin is like on point. Yeah, it's to the point where a friend of mine, <laughs> I don't know how to, I don't want to say his name, but he's a, let's say he's a, a gay libertarian living in New York. <laughs> he's obsessed with uh, Son jin and Chung and he wants them to be dating in real life because he just finished watching the show, but... Uh, as we all know, Sun Yejin is dating Hyunbin. All right, so there you go. I know that I said that Sun Yejin and Hyun also have amazing chemistry on television, and that is true. All right, but it's also the case with Chung Hae and Sun Jin, All right, she's just that good of an actress. I guess Hyun and Chung Hae are also good actors. You know what I mean? Like if they could bring that kind of chemistry, but also chemistry, it can't be. It's not something you could always predict. It's not something you have control over. It's just there. If it's there, it's there. If it's not there, it's not there. Like I saw Son Jin in another show and uh, she and her um, opposite co-star, male co-star, like they had zero chemistry, you know? Chung Heen is an interesting actor. He started out somewhat late uh, relative to the others in the industry. He is a late bloomer. So he began his career in his like mid-20s, I think. Um, but what a great looking face, you know, if you've got a face like that, you have a good shot in the industry and he's got this boyish, like boy crush quality to him. You know, he's like very reminiscent of like Ryan Gosling, you know, this eternal man boy type, uh, which is very attractive to many people. And the director of this show is An Pan Zok. He directed another show about an older woman romantically involved with a younger man. That show is called Secret Affair, starring Yuain and Kim Hie. Um that show is uh honestly like it wasn't that big of a scandal to me. I don't know. I guess I saw like too many other I don't know, like Yeah, have you seen that movie Notes on a Scandal? Like I read the book, I saw the film, so like when I saw this show I was like, Oh like I wasn't that phased by it. When I saw something in the rain, I just figured that An had a thing for older women and younger men. But um, I think his directorial choices are more about finding screenplays that are radically transgressive, especially from the woman's perspective, right? I mean that, you know, you would have to credit the female writers of these kinds of TV shows. But I think,, um, you know, An choices as a director, um, I think they do kind of show that side as well. I, I think it he enhances it. Um, he's a very stylistic director, I would say. because uh, like when I was watching this, I was just like very struck by the realist style of it. You know what I'm saying? Like the screenplay is also somewhat realist in tone, but you know, he could have made different choices as a director and like, played up certain aspects but this is a very how do you say very quiet kind of tv show very subtle very nuanced um nothing is you know you don't have too many over the top moments really but of course you need some over the top moments here and there and and I'll, I'll talk about that soon something in the rain is about a young woman named china she works at a coffee franchise and she is from a middle class family very middle class And her father is a newly retired man, and her mom is a house mom, but she's very concerned with upward social mobility for her children. The Wikipedia page for Something in the Rain has this list of taboos, and there are no citations. It's just somebody went in there and wrote them out. One of the taboos that's listed is dating taboos. And I'm going to say something right now. An older woman with a younger man in Korea is absolutely not a taboo in Korea, all right? In fact, younger men, older women, like, that was a trend, you know, starting, like, over 10 years ago. Like, since over a decade ago, that was a trend. So I'm not sure why this taboo is listed here. It's inaccurate. When it comes to trendiness and coolness, Korea will give anything. They'll give away its left nut to be a part of it or become a trendsetter themselves, all right? But it was taboo at one point in time for a younger man and an older woman to pursue a romantic relationship. It was looked down upon because like there was this, I don't know, there was this like mentality that like a man should be older to command a woman's respect and you know, have this hierarchical Confucian patriarchal social order or whatever the fuck. But uh, that all kind of disintegrated, you know? I I saw this show called C and C again or Pogotopogo like years ago. That was a like a long TV drama that um that was popular in the in the 90s. And in that show there was a younger man dating an older woman and that was like the way the show framed it it was like so unbelievable, so unacceptable. The couple ultimately broke up because the parents just couldn't accept this relationship. But like I said, that was in the 90s. And in the, since the early 2000s, like this radically changed. I don't know what what set it off. Probably a celebrity who was just like, I don't care, I love him, he loves me. Uh, but yeah, it's you see it everywhere today. So I wouldn't call this a taboo in Korea today. It's definitely not. But a taboo that was not listed on the Wikipedia page is the incest taboo, right? Like he and Kyungsun are brother and sister. And Kyungsun is China's best friend since childhood, right? And their parents, you know, Joonhee and Kyungsun's parents and China's parents, they all knew one another. They were family friends. But after he and Kyungsun's mother died and their father abandoned them to pursue a new family, China's parents helped them out a lot by bringing them panchan, being there for them whenever they could, you know. They would even say to them, like, you guys are like my, my, my other children, you know. So the taboo, um, this incest taboo, is really about shattering this family illusion. The illusion that between friends, a kinship can be established, right? But that kinship had to remain platonic. You couldn't go beyond that boundary. And this is what this couple is doing, you know, Hee. Um, the way that the family understood it they saw Chunyi as a younger brother to China no different they kept saying it right but of course there's no blood mixing there right ultimately he's not family right and China's younger brother is also good friends with Chunyi cuz they're the same age so like yeah they they had to sort of break the existing understanding of the relationship and that's where this incest taboo comes in they also know what China's mother is like Right? China's mom on Something in the Rain is played by Kim Mi-yeon, And the extremity of the mother's status obsession is unbelievably toxic. And when I posted a clip with Son Yejin and um, Kim Mian playing mother and daughter on the show, I posted it on TikTok and Instagram. Some people commented and said how much they hate the mom. They were like, I hate the mom on the show. And I felt like, China's mother was crucial to this program for not only conflict purposes and keeping the story moving forward but also to reflect just how extreme Korea's misogyny is as well as the cruelty of capitalism. In that regard, China's mother as a character is she's invaluable to this program. She is absolutely necessary. China's mom wants China to marry a man who has good income a good family, meaning a family with titles, you know, like su- successful people, people who are doctors, people who graduate a Soul National, blah, 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 you know, the works. And, and she feels like the only way for her daughter to live a stable and happy life is to marry into a family like this. And this rationale behind this thinking makes a lot of sense to me. You know, I feel like this kind of obsession stems from her own sense of powerlessness in a society that disrespects women time and time again and uses men, only men, as agents of power in that society. So if you think about it, China's mom as a character is very much a part of the feminist critique that this show has. In fact, she is like the heart of that critique. And of course, Gina goes through her own challenges working at this coffee franchise where in the office, everybody regards her as the quote unquote tambourine girl, because whenever they go to heshik meet meaning, you know, it's like the company dinner. And after company dinner, they all get drunk and they go to a karaoke bar. Right. And in places like that, in those settings, men are always sexually harassing the women. You know, the subordinate women saying, calling them over, telling them, pour me a drink, flip the meat over. You know, while they're sitting there, they touch, they grope them. It's like, it happens all the time, right? Like when they're at karaoke bars, like they want to sing and dance a little close to the women. Ohishik's setting, according to this show, is an excuse for men to harass women. Another theme of taboo that the Wikipedia page on Something in the Rain mentions is familial taboo people without parents seen as unfit, quote-unquote, for marriage. This requires some explanation, okay? I'm not sure if people without parents are seen as unfit for marriage, per se, in Korean society. I think it goes a little bit more beyond that. People without parents um, or orphans or, quote-unquote, people who come from, quote-unquote, a broken home, are seen as defective in that culture and society. It's seen as a sort of social disability. There's this really great book on disability in South Korea called Curative Violence written by Eun Jung Kim. And Kim goes into how South Korea saw itself as a disabled nation right after colonization and the civil war and all the poverty plaguing the country. But once the country stabilized politically and economically, all the efforts went into quote unquote curing any visibly disabled people, okay? Uh, The nation was obsessed with the need to be quote unquote perfect, or appear quote unquote flawless. And this need stems from trauma and insecurity, seeing as South Korea was incredibly unstable, not too far long ago. And they wanna erase this memory You know, erase this, you know, it's like that out damn spot kind of scenario, you know, they want to just erase any form of disability, right? And that need feels very urgent to them. So this is why people with disabilities in Korea suffer a lot of discrimination. And many people with disability, the activists of disability communities say that all therapy that is offered in Korea is incredibly microaggressive and biased because they all emphasize improvement. Right? Improvement therapy. Rather than just accepting people with disabilities for who they are. And um, that is the the problem here, too. That sort of bias that China's mother has while saying that Chuni is unacceptable as a son-in-law because he comes from a family with a broken home, with a dead mother and a philandering father. and you know it it doesn't it doesn't really make any sense right again this is an absurd sort of paranoia because Chun Hee is not his father right but um yeah it has to I think this kind of uh, bias or discrimination stems from the whole paranoia over disability or being seen as somebody with a disability or whatever so this is in in some sense you could you could look at the way China's mom reacts to um her daughter dating Chun-hee, um who comes from again quote unquote a broken home you can see that as an extension of um ableism i don't know if that works maybe that works maybe that doesn't But i don't care i'm gonna say it anyway i think uh anpanseok likes working with an ensemble cast uh the writer of this show uh Ki-moon, she also wrote one spring night which came out not too long after the success of something in the rain um and they use pretty much the same exact people. The only person they swapped out was uh Sun for another actress, but Chung hee is in it. Like every, like the mom, and, the moms and dads, like everybody is <laughs> reinserted back into One Spring Night. Um, they also like reuse Rachel Yamagata's <laughs> music for the soundtrack. And I love the, the tone, the stylistic, the style and tone of Something in the Rain, the high emphasis on realism. And uh, this is something I'm working on currently as a paper. So once I write the paper, I don't know, you guys can read it at some point. Um, But I talk about some of it with today's guest. Today's guest is ji An. She is a professor. I mean, she was one of the few people that I saw at the uh, Korean Screen Cultures Conference a couple years ago. Um, she's one of the very few people who was writing about Korean dramas and I found it very refreshing because everybody else at that conference were focusing on cinema. And she wrote this really um great paper, this article that's in um an anthology, I suppose. But uh she essentially wrote about genre hybridity in K dramas and sort of the I don't know, like the 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 sci-fi stuff, the fantasy stuff, and, like, the significance of that in the Korean context. So if you want to check that out, it's out there. Um, she went to, I believe, University of Cambridge, got her PhD in East Asian Studies. She studied uh, film and media before that, though, for her master's. And, yeah, I mean, she's she's a, a Korean-London diaspora. And she's, like, I think she's the only one I know, like, the, the only English uh korean that i know um i only know korean americans besides but yeah her research is very very interesting she's a lot of fun to talk to um i i love her work uh and she's a big fan of this show so um yeah we talk about the show and and a bunch of other things so yeah get into it
2: (laughs) amazing that you do this you're so active I mean, I said this before, but you do so many things. It's unbelievable.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's to pass the time, you know. It's to pass life.
2: Most people pass the time just watching TV, you know.
0: <laughs> oh, I do that a lot too. Trust me, I watch <laughs> a lot of TV. Um. So, like, were you? Did you im like? Did your parents immigrate there? Did you immigrate there? Were you born? in the uk like i was your story? born in
2: korea mm-hmm. um and my we have a really typical kind of british korean history so mm. unlike the us the history is a bit shorter right okay um so most british koreans you'll meet are like us where the parents got sent over as jujawon from a company ah. right like their fathers were working for yeah. a company they got sent over sure. and then they decided to stay So that's what happened with my case Um, most of the people who came to uk in the 90s are have that storyline um and i think that's when you really get a big kind of korean population before Mm -hmm. 90s it's going to be the rare kind of people who were there for studying or Mm -hmm. were already in europe somehow for work and they somehow you know decided to settle down in the uk etc so it's not you don't see many of those families Mm -hmm. um But my husband's family is actually one of those families. So he was, um, his uncle and aunt had been living in like Europe for a while. And so they're like one of, I think, quite an early immigrant, you would say from the 80s, Mm -hmm. um, late 70s. Uh, We came in the 90s and I've been in England. Yeah, since then. And then my dad kind of started his own business. So he decided to stay behind, not go into to Korea, etc.
0: That's cool. What part of the UK did you grow up in?
2: In London, again, very typical. (laughs) So, most Korean, um, like British Koreans you'll meet, are all from London.
0: Oh, Uh, nice.
2: mostly and they're all from like uh, this one little suburban town in london really? <laughs> called new modern they oh, all wow. like gather there because like i said they were all true right ah, so, so they the companies their... bought mm. their houses theirs because that I was a cheap see. place in london um originally mm. so that's where people gathered and then when they decided to stay behind they yeah. looked around the area so that's sure. where the supermarket and kind of k-town grew nice
0: that's amazing um, Yeah, Yeah. I love that. I love that because um, in the US, like Koreans are quite scattered, you know, Um, although they are like concentrated on the coasts like California, Mm -hmm. New York, you would still find them in like the Midwest, you know, like Indiana Mm -hmm. and like Minnesota, Wisconsin, like you would find pockets of Koreans like scattered across the United Mm -hmm. States. Um, and when I encounter them like like Texan Koreans, you know, I'm like, whoa, oh, there
2: are loads of Texan Koreans, right? Yeah. <laughs> I met a few at conferences. Yeah, um, I'm just like,
0: Wow, Texas, yeah. you know. But oh that's cool.
2: And I'm so surprised because they often have a long history. So like they're mm-hmm. like third generation or something. And I'm like, yeah. Wow.
0: <laughs> yeah. Especially in like Hawaii. Yeah. You know, um, mm. it's like many generations of uh, Hawaiian Koreans. I guess since like Yi Singman maybe, mm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. since like he was exiled. Oh, yeah, over I, there. Saw,
2: I saw this brilliant documentary, I don't know if you saw it, called hmm. Heron, Heronimo, um, Heronimo about okay. Korean Cubans. Oh. Um, about this one Korean Cuban who was like really high up in the Cuban kind of Communist Party. Oh my um God. And about how his family like ended up in Cuba. They were sent to Hawaii, like Mexico. It's about that immigration before. Was he like, from the north? You know, several. Um. I mean, it's, he was born in Cuba. So I think his oh, father was the one who moved Cuba. to Cuba. Wow. Um, but it's, we're talking like early 1900s. So it's really, really fascinating. Oh, history. so it's like and before it's like modern. Fourth, yeah. fifth generation now, Cuban-Korean oh, family. Wow. They, he's already died, the, the protagonist of this. Um, sure. Protagonist, would you say? Yeah. Um, but it's yeah. really fascinating. Yeah? That is
0: really fascinating. That's amazing. Yeah, I just
2: didn't know, right? Yeah,
0: that, korean Cubans Koreans in Cuba.
2: Who and knew he was really like high up in the Cuban like communist party? What I'm saying, you know? Koreans
0: get around, you know. Yeah, like
2: he's got photos with a Che Guevara. I'm like, what?
0: <laughs> that's
2: amazing.
0: You know, What's going on? It's because uh, Korea is like a peninsula, and they could just hop on a boat and just go places. Mm-hmm. Maybe you know, maybe that's how yeah. they got around. Or um, they
2: were cheap laborers, right? The sure. Time, yes.
0: Yes. Laboring, if not slaving away yeah
2: <laughs> i the... think they actually in the documentary they said we were slaves that's yeah. like the words they use yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. we yeah. were sold as slaves we yeah. were treated as slaves
0: yeah. koreans have always ha- had a little bit of that enslavement somewhere yeah in their history mm. at some point yeah um that's so interesting yeah koreans like i said they they're scattered yeah not just in the u.s there are a lot of latin american koreans like mm. um like i met like Like a francisco once like i was like what um he's like yeah like his name is francisco or like fernando or something but yeah he was like (laughs) latin america he was like from argentina there's like Uh a lot of art like argentine koreans too um yeah and it's like it's interesting so you you um studied korean literature or history or korean studies like what was your Um, degree in
2: sure i did actually my undergrad was in music So I start Ah. from like the pure humanities in a sense, Um, and near the end of my degree, I was very lucky to kind of find a supervisor who realized I do not like music <laughs> and that all my essays were on operas and only looking at the visual of the stage and kind of the narrative without looking at the music and he was like you should study film studies you shouldn't be in music mm-hmm. and so he kind of sent me on that path so i did a master's in film studies mm-hmm. and then from there i got into korean cinema and did my phd at the same university which ended up being, I think, quite a fatal mistake in hindsight, because there was no film studies department. So I had to go to East Asian studies to study Korean cinema. Right. But that meant that I really changed my discipline and I had to kind of learn East Asian history. And now I would say I'm more like a Asian studies scholar than a film studies scholar. So I think that was the transition.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's funny how that happens. Like, I was lucky in the sense that, you know, I'm at UCLA and it's like cinema media studies, of course, it's very, you know, Euro American Eurocentric, but uh, they're okay with me just try, like with all of us trying on our own things. In fact, they Mm -hmm. welcome it. They're like, please diversify our shit because we're ashamed Mm -hmm. of how white it is, you know? But that's so great. Yeah, yeah, they have a course, and I think I told you this, they have a course called Asian, African, and Latin American cinema. (laughs)
2: They dumped it all together, basically. all three
0: continents in one fucking class, and I was just yeah. like, "Wow, ten
2: weeks, so, really?" You
0: know. So they were
2: like, "We need to do something on like something not white. Let's lump it all together, in <laughs> all one of course. it,
0: all the all the people of color, one one class." Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was just like, "This is shameful," but um, yeah, uh, I took I think one class like in the Korean studies program and I took it with Namhi Lee and mm-hmm. um, yeah it was it was really enriching I'm glad I took that course because it set a certain foundation for me mm-hmm. and um, like I read certain texts that I never would have read otherwise mm-hmm. and um, you know certain histories I wait ne- what's your background oh so I studied uh, English Lit as an undergrad okay it was uh-huh. in- English literature and philosophy but although I was in the English department I didn't really like English literature so I studied like (laughs) yeah like a lot of European modernists and stuff Uh Um, and then I took an independent study with the poet in residence Charles North who was like a mentor teacher to me and he he encouraged me to just study, like, Korean literature on my own. And so I was like, Mm -hmm. okay, well, since I'm studying a lot of European modernists, why don't I study some Korean modernists? So that's when I started, like, reading, like, you know, like, Yi Sang and, like, Mm -hmm. um, Mm -hmm. yeah, those guys. So, uh, yeah, and then I started translating some poetry, Mm -hmm. and and then I eventually started translating, like, novels and short stories. So I started doing translation stuff, yeah um <clears throat> and then it so for you my really masters, have
2: a literature background
0: technically yes yes oh, wow yeah yeah that's why um yeah that's where the analysis comes in right like the training and uh-huh. analysis that's where cinema media studies mm-hmm. comes from of course and mm-hmm. yeah i yeah and then um and then i worked well i did a i did a year in korea in seoul right after undergrad i did a, a fulbright at Yunse for a one year mm-hmm. and then uh When I got back to New York, I was just kind of like doing all kinds of like internships and part time jobs and all this other Mm -hmm. stuff. And then I worked in film distribution for a little bit. And then I went to, and then I came to LA for Mm -hmm. my master's Mm -hmm. in cinema media studies and now my PhD in cinema Mm -hmm. media studies, which I'm just about wrapping up. Um, Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. So. okay so you're not a koreanist per se then you're actually trained in cinema studies yeah
2: (laughs) i don't know i sort of feel like i have become more of a koreanist now especially because Mm. after the phd i think it depends on where you get your first position right sure um because i've been in a full korean studies department now i like literally teach and read only shit about korea (laughs) and you know beyond culture now i'm like I've taught Korean politics, sociology, wow. like history, all decades. And so I feel like I've really become a Koreanist now more through the training after the PhD than yeah. through the PhD itself. Astrology really... too? Sociology.
0: Oh, so did you say astrology? Astrology.
2: <laughs> sociology oh
0: my god i was like korean <laughs> astrology? astrology i was like fascinated i was like oh my gosh, she studied that what and taught korean, korean astrology, astrology? <laughs> i don't know i was thinking like maybe like like mudang stuff you know like <laughs> like you're reading this you know what students that had you so
2: popular with students though.
0: it would be they'd be all over be that so
2: popular there's they this would literally love
0: it yeah there's this uh mudang in new york um, uh-huh. she's Korean, I guess Korean American, but she's more Korean uh-huh. than American, if you know what I mean. And she's a mudang. She's a mudang. And like, um, a lot of Korean scholars actually go to her for readings. And, but she um,
2: works in New York.
0: She works in New York. Yep. Yep. And, uh, she, like, I, I hired her for like a saju reading for 2021. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it was like 30 bucks. I was like, sure, that's money well spent. <gasps> yeah. I know. I'll put you in touch with <sighs> Is her. It good? Uh, it was like, it was like Mm -hmm. it was better than just looking shit up on the internet i'll put it that way
2: (laughs) you know what i mean anyway right yeah yeah i mean we all
0: kind of come on whenever shit it's the fan we're just like what's going on with the stars right now you know Mm -hmm. but like i wanted to just get it from like a professional you know and uh yeah she gives (laughs) she gives readings yeah and she also does like yeah she also does like good rituals and she um
2: wow that's proper
0: She's full on. I'll send you her her link. Her I'm
2: surprised there are like clients yeah. in New York.
0: She has a lot. She has a big clientele. Well, I mean, you know, really? just think about like, like, like I said, Americans are you know Americans and um like horoscopes are popular anyway, and yeah. tarot readings are popular anyway. But like, yeah. let's say you attach that with some kind of ethnic indigeneity, they're gonna be <laughs> all over that shit. That is like the <laughs> easiest, <laughs> easiest shit to sell. So I was like, she's, she's genius. Marketing. <laughs> yes. I was like she's That's brilliant. So funny. She's brilliant, you know? <laughs> Rather than being like, you know, like trying to come off as some hokey pokey fortune teller, imagine right, being right. saying like I am a I'm an ordained shaman. Right. Whoa. <laughs> right. <laughs> They'd pay big money for that.
2: That's so funny.
0: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, her name, I love way you Janet, go to a yeah.
2: professional, yeah. and then I look up like l magazine, horse curves. <laughs> you know, such a, such a comparison here in the standards.
0: No, no. no we, we, I do all of it. I do all of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I do that too. But yeah, she's great. Um, yeah, she's great. I think you and I are the same um, uh, year, right? Your year, oh, year yeah. of the 87?
2: rabbit. Yeah. yeah yeah i'm of the rapid as
0: well yeah awesome. um, i heard That's
2: that quite rare to meet someone like yeah. exactly the same age at a conference
0: i know i rare. know i know um yeah i once met somebody who was born the same year same month same day i was like whoa <laughs> at an academic conference <laughs> yeah he was a part of my program yeah at oh, my wow. school yeah i was like oh this is too much <laughs> Wow, it's like, that's quite intense. Yeah, like this is too much. Just keep some yeah. distance. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't want to. But then, to... you know, technically yeah.
2: the time is different. So your fates are different, you know, according to astrology.
0: A hundred percent. Time is everything. And also, I was born in Korea, which is, mm-hmm. you know, faster in terms of time. Yes. Um, so there's all these differences. <laughs> but okay, yeah. So, But I did hear that uh, year 2021 is going to be good for um, Year of the Rabbit people. Oh, so. I dear
2: fucking hope so. Oh, sorry. Am I allowed to swear?
0: <laughs> yeah, I fucking curse, curse like five yeah. fucking times. It's okay. Yeah, yes. Yeah. Cursing's fine oh, on podcasts. I bloody hope yeah. so.
2: 2020 was so difficult. <laughs> I'm like, I I definitely need something in my life to change right now. <laughs> no more of yeah. this. It
0: yeah. is awful. Um But I mean, but you, you get to teach right now. I mean, I think that's great. And were you teaching, uh, you were teaching a TV studies class or trying to teach TV studies?
2: I want to, so um, if I next get a chance, I'm gonna try to, so I usually teach, Mostly undergrads, but sometimes I do a master's course. Nice. Um, but I normally do a second semester undergrad, so that's like the first year. Sure. And then the third semester, so the second year. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first year, I normally do introduction to Korean cinema, which is quite mm-hmm. popular, basic, you know, st- mm-hmm. students like it. Right. But I want to replace that with something like Korean society through K-drama or something mm-hmm. to do with K-drama where we look at kind of social issues, but also... Yes not only through but also the relationship between tv and society etc so i want to do that but i just didn't have time to do a whole new syllabus this year so i just did introduction to korean cinema again
0: yeah yeah. and then next
2: year hopefully for this um i'll have time to yeah
0: Yeah. i would say do it um it's my first time teaching this course uh i'm teaching an undergraduate seminar right now on korean television and Mm. um You know, I I remember because like, again, with the Koreanists at UCLA, I remember asking them, I was like, do you guys teach a Korean studies class? Mm. I mean, I mean, a Korean television studies class and they're like, no, Mm. we do K-pop and we do Korean cinema. And both of them Mm -hmm. pack out like the students like Mm -hmm. totally enroll fast. And I was like, okay, so no TV. They're like, yeah, we don't know anything about Korean TV. I was like, okay. Yeah, that's the Uh, problem.
2: The academics don't watch enough TV.
0: (laughs) Here's the thing. You and I both know academics watch a lot of fucking TV. And those oh, bitches don't want to... They don't want to <laughs> fucking admit it. They don't want to admit that they watch it and that they like it, okay? Um, they're so stuck I up. I that. I remember when we were at Helsinki at that conference, the Korean Screen Cultures uh-huh. Conference, uh, which is a great conference for all Koreanists who do screen studies. Uh, Like, I loved your presentation because it was about Korean dramas. And, you know, it was fun. You know, like, I was, like, alert uh-huh. and engaged. Uh-huh. I still remember the emoticons that do? you had. You you had, like... Um,
2: Oh, it, it was like there. About- mm-hmm.
0: It uh-huh. was like a mm-hmm. storytelling mode or something, and then and then you had like right. smiley face or sad face, like with oh. endings. <laughs> And I was like, yes, yes, this is what I want to see in journals. I want to see these things. In and then, journals? Oh, yes. You
2: take it one step too far, girl.
0: Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm an American. Yes, I take it all the way. And I was just like sitting in there and I was like, I'm alert. Everybody's engaged. Like everybody was like smiling kind of and mm-hmm. like listening and they wanted to chat. Like it lightened things up. And, um, and I was just like, why don't people, you know, just... Why don't they want to go here? Why don't they want to go here? Yeah. They always need to make it boring and dry in order for it to yeah. feel like legitimate academia, but it doesn't have to be that way. But you all. know,
2: when I've, I have, I don't often do K drama. Well, I, so far I hadn't, but I want to. But when mm-hmm. I do, one of the questions I always get, which is so stupid and so like demeaning, is mm-hmm. when do you have time to watch all these shows? <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> How can you not? Also, like, uh, like you don't watch hours watching TV. I'm sorry, I'm very insulted by this question. You should
0: be insulted because when um, we watch
2: films or like one, I don't know, director's whole collection, we don't say, "Oh, when did you have time to watch all these films?"
0: Yeah, when did you have time to watch ten of Cassavetti's movies? You know, (laughs) or. When did you have the wherewithal like did you have to build endurance before you sat through that bella tar movie you know like we don't question that but uh when it comes to television i mean it's like you know you studied cinema studies so you would know this but like you know tv's always been gendered as female and it's been Mm -hmm. um discriminated against since the dawn of television practically you know Mm -hmm. from the film industry because they felt threatened (laughs) by yeah. television, come on, you know, and yeah. that the fact that that uh, f- fear that insecurity exists to this day is so silly. It's yeah. so silly. Yeah. It's yeah.
2: all it's all to do with the capitalism, basically, It's the yeah. industry's fight. And yet, yes, the people's kind of perception, they is along that line.
0: moralized it. Yeah, they yeah, moralized exactly. it as Perfectly like said. film is moral, TV is immoral, it rots the brain. Yeah. I'm like, they're the same, dude. It's yeah. just, yeah. Yeah, they're exactly the same. actually,
2: I would go a step further and say nowadays TV is more innovative because, you Mm -hmm. know, cinema is so polarizing now. You get the big blockbusters or you get like these indie films that don't get distributed as much. And so actually, so much of the really artistic things are developing. Now that middle ground is TV. Yes. So we cannot have this division. But I think with K-drama, we do not have that middle ground, right? It's still Mm. cheap. It's seen as cheap entertainment really um yeah that's what i think that's why people say oh you do k-drama they look down on you they're like it's low art (laughs) oh but you do cinema that's higher (laughs) but not as high as literature (laughs) oh you do pre-modern literature that's the highest (laughs) yeah yeah it's like the ranking
0: the thing is, like, I kind of still have that prudish quality to me, you know, like, I do have that prude sensibility because, again, I come from a literature background and, you know, I worked in film distribution, I worked in film production. So I do have this prudish, um, that, that's, that discrimination is built into me. But the fact is, as you say, like television is, it's very, it's like very, there's a spectrum, there's a range, it's very varied. And um, you know, like John Caldwell, who's at our school, he wrote that great book, Televisuality. And he's just like, are you gonna sit here and tell me that you don't see postmodernism in 1980s television, you know, Mm -hmm. which you do, like you see avant-garde in Mm -hmm. television. There's a lot of experimental, um, you know, elements in television. And it's just like, oh, okay. If you think of it this way, it's just a matter of shifting your mode of thinking. Yeah, and then it's like a whole yeah. field, you know? or like
2: looking without kind of the previous lens of discrimination, you know, or prejudice. Yes,
0: yes, yeah. but it's hard to it's hard to do that, I think, because we've been brought up on it, you know. Like, yeah. it, even in my Korean uh, TV studies class, I asked them, I was like, "How many of you have heard this phrase? Um, TV rots the brain or TV's trash?" And they were all like, "You know."
2: Oh, and I, I haven't asked heard them, that phrase. Oh, really? <laughs>
0: Yeah. They're like, oh, you, you haven't heard, like, oh, don't watch too much TV, it'll fuck up your brain, or... You, you haven't heard that?
2: I haven't heard that. I guess really? my mother was a screen addict, so she we would just watch <laughs> TV together growing up. Uh, <laughs> this see, is the origin of K-drama
0: for me. <laughs> interesting. See, because that's also the origin of K-drama for me, and a lot of, for a lot of people, for the most part, uh, yeah. our mothers were our first tastemakers, right? But, like, even though she watched a lot of fucking television, she still said... You're watching too much tv i'm like bitch you're watching too much tv like don't <laughs> yeah. don't come at me i'm i'm just here next to you while you're watching uh-huh. too much too much tv right right um, no but i brought that up because uh in like in america um you know like newton Minow said uh tv's a vast wasteland he said this like you know when television was first starting to like enter homes and like really proliferate and um that started this like discrimination like you know sort of cemented that discrimination as tv as being trash and then in korea too in like 1968 so this is like recent history that i'm like reading on i have like a bunch of textbooks and i'm like you know re- going through them for lectures and stuff week by week but in 1968 there was a professor in korea who said um like tv if tv's crass tv's crude and lowbrow and if our children watch it they will in turn become crude crass and lowbrow <laughs> so fighting. yeah and that's like very much in sync with what like newton minnow mm-hmm. said and mm-hmm. um again this this uh cemented stereotype that we have to this day is like they were just afraid of screens invading the home and people having less time to sit and talk with their family members or sit right. and read a book as you say. But
2: what's funny is that that's such a myth, especially of America or kind of the Western cultures of sitting Mm -hmm. together and eating or, Mm -hmm. you know. Maybe the dinosaur, are not so much. But you know, mm. when you really think about Korean history, mm. I do not know how much that is a reality of 1950s, 60s Korea. It's more like mm. the myth that was seen through the films <laughs> of 1950s from Hollywood that they saw, and they think family life, middle-class family life should be about sitting together, right. wife is dressed up in the apron yeah. and, you know, not TV, but having spending time together yes. like this. and Yes, sitting
0: know. down, seeing grace having chicken pop pie or Same. something gross for dinner, you know. <laughs> <laughs> like the Korean interpretation or understanding of culture in the west is channeled through films and and television, right? Like mm. I was rewatching that old school drama, I think came out in like 2003 or 4, uh All in, do you remember that?
2: Oh With my god. Lee yeah. Byung-hun
0: and Song Aikyo when she was super oh young. Oh my
2: god. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I, I have not this. seen it
2: since two thousand whenever it got, <laughs> came out, yeah. so I cannot remember it properly. <laughs> but all I remember is someone dies at the end, right? It's that that era when everyone died at the end, right? A the lot
0: of people die. Dies. Yeah, yeah, no, no, uh, the protagonists live. It's a happy ending. But, oh, it's um, a happy ending. A lot of people do all die in. because there are a lot of gangsters um, from in that in that show, and uh, like one of the gang bosses tells his stooge to watch The Godfather. Like he he (laughs) literally says, he's like, I watched the Godfather like 20 times. Have you seen it? And the stooge is like, no, he's like, you should watch it. Like that teaches you everything. It teaches you how to be a gangster. It teaches you how to threaten people. You know, I'm just like, (laughs) God damn. And, but that's how it's, that's how it is for a lot of, um, you know, non-Western cultures, I think, you know, like even in that documentary, the act of killing, uh, like these indonesian gangsters and thugs learned how to kill and murder by watching mm-hmm. gangster cinema from hollywood mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and then um
2: oh that's cool yeah that's very fascinating to learn yes oh, wow
0: yes this whole notion of like simulation or right, you know right imitation all of that
2: right yeah. oh wow that's so interesting
0: yeah so i like what you say about um like yeah because koreans like fucking like it's gender segregated you know like the women have to sit with the kids and eat (laughs) separate Mm -hmm, tables mm -hmm, from the men mm -hmm. and the fathers and uncles and dads and whatever um and like the women in fact they eat way later because they're too busy cooking and feeding everybody you know like even my mom like whenever um we had some kind like we had guests over for dinner she would be the last to eat
2: Yeah, yeah. this is so typical, right? Yes,
0: standing and cooking till the end of the whole event.
2: (laughs) (laughs) But I love this idea of a family meal because how many fathers come home for dinner in time? Uh You know, it's like the Korean concept is for me, the way I... You know see the korean culture not just now but like when we talk about like 60s 70s you know in these films in the korean films of the 50s they show these family meals i'm like how many of you guys like the people in the cinema actually had family meals this is like a concept you've adopted from western screens
0: yeah Yeah, and there's a a, like a romanticism associated with it perhaps yeah you know maybe it's like a longing or a hope or um even like an ideal that they have right
2: oh absolutely yeah yeah i don't know if he it's it's quite old now but i still use it a lot in my teachings helps compressed modernity Mm, oh yeah um yeah but the chapter on accidental pluralism of family ideologies Mm i i find that one so good for undergrads to understand that kind of idea that it's adopted ideology yes and then we talk about it through screen yes um because they one of the ideologies that he mentions is the affectionate one, which is he says from 1950s Hollywood films that it really proliferated this ideology of family right. being a place of conjugal, like yeah. love and all this. Yeah. Um, but that's really useful in teaching, I find, because then students kind of... Diff- because if you just explain the complexity to students, I've mm-hmm. found they're always like, oh, I don't know if I get yeah. it, it's too much, yeah. blah, blah, blah. And yeah. then he gives you these like labels and then they're like, okay, I understand. We've got yes. the labels. Yes, <laughs> and that's that helps why- a lot. Yeah. yeah,
0: that's why sociologists are helpful in that sense. You know? <laughs> they give yeah. you terms. Yes.
2: Yeah. Yes. And they define it. You know. Yeah. yeah.
0: They define it, yeah. but they don't give you any um, resolution. They're just like no, no, you just no cata- That's not
2: their job. Just categorize
0: <laughs> it here. Here is the list. The rolodex of like okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, this yeah. is
2: what I've seen, and I've called it this, and I've defined it like this, yes. and then the students are like, "So according to this, please <laughs> <you know, laughs>
0: repeat it." Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: They're like, "This is defined as this," and I therefore know. we can see. <laughs> yeah.
0: Some of the students, especially if they're like, if they were raised Korean, you know, there's yeah. a lot of Korean um, UCLA oh, students, wow. and. Mm-hmm you know, they have the sense of like superiority over the material, you know, and the culture, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. completely understandable. Uh, um, right. and they, ha- mm-hmm. and they have the right to, however, yeah. um, it's like, I, I'm not asking for like a personal essay, like a page out of their diary, you know, <laughs> but that's,
2: <laughs> is that what they give?
0: That's kind of what's happening. Yeah. It's like, Oh, like my mom, yeah. this, like my family members that, and I'm like, okay, oh, that's wow. all fine. You can integrate that, but try and analyze it critically. Right. And, um, Do the assignment that's on the prompt, right? Right, yeah. Try and answer this, but this is a trend
2: with undergrads, right? They're so personal in their like writing as well. Mm. I think in their approach, yeah. Yeah, but I actually don't allow those kind of personal. I don't allow that tone, actually. I'm really strict with the tone because I once had this class where exactly, like, it was like reading a diary. And I was like, I'm not wasting my time reading your diary. <laughs> yeah. The whole point is a review of the article and you're just telling me your like views on the topic, not even what's discussed in the article. Yes, yeah. I've, I'm really strict. I say, like, I want to like academic paper, even if it's just one page, it yes. has to have a structure: intro, yes. argument, like. Yes. And then that kind of reads out that kind of writing. But...
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe I should consider that. But I, I mean, I want to get them to like be able to do that because, like, my thinking is so well, maybe mm-hmm. they just don't know how to, you know. Right. Um. And even though I have the prompt and I'm like, just answer these questions here, like, right. They still kind of stray from it because maybe uh-huh. it's like. It's like TV and Korean drama was like this, like leisurely thing for them, a Mm -hmm. leisurely activity. And it was a vice activity perhaps. And now it's like suddenly got this rigidity associated with like reading Mm. um, critical analyses and Mm -hmm. reading um, historical context and whatnot. And they're just not able to meld those two worlds. But I'm just like, yeah, I'm like, how do I get them to be Mm. a little bit more... um, the thing that, like, I make fun of academia for, you know, where I'm like, when it comes to (laughs) the conferences, I'm like, can you guys just chill out, you know, but then when the students are too chill, I'm like, can you guys, like, kind of maybe be a little bit more serious, you know? I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, to mm. be
2: chill, you have to be able to do the serious as well. So they've got to learn,
0: right? Amen. Yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's like one of the first things I learned as a freshman. Like a, a professor was like, you need to know the rules in order to break them. I was yeah,
2: like, exactly. Well okay. put. Exactly. Like,
0: all right. I will remember this yeah. for a lifetime. I think I like that yeah. phrase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wait, so what is this article that you read about the colonial um, mental illness thing? That is so interesting. It was a book.
2: It was Theodore... Um, Teddy Yu from Yonsei oh, University. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His book on mental illness in cl- colonial Korea.
0: Oh my God, that's fascinating. Yeah.
2: But like you said, these questions really help, like prompting questions like mm-hmm. we did an essay um I recently made them write a small paper comparing burning i don't know if you saw burning and oh, um, peppermint movie. candy that's quite oh, old right
0: great stuff. so we talked
2: about peppermint candy in in class and then mm. burning they had to watch it by themselves. but yes. because then you give them some prompting questions and i think that helps but you know it depends on the student some students are able to do it they follow yes. the questions and some people aren't and you're just like okay yes. that's where the divide lies right yes you yes. can't get everyone
0: you can't get everybody. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Like, I right now, because I'm working on applications for, like, postdocs and, like, mm-hmm. teaching positions and whatnot, and, like, they ask for a teaching statement. I don't mm. know if you had to write this, but...
2: Oh, so many times. Yeah. I, I feel like I've done so many applications.
0: <laughs> I know. I know. Join I the know. club, come Grace. Join I'm the in club. It. <laughs> I'm in it. I'm in the thick of it. And I'm just, like... You know, one of those things I wrote is like, oh, part of um, part of like meeting students where they're at is like waiting for them is like kind of, mm-hmm. you know, even, even after the class is over, it's like hoping that they'll get it at some point later in life. Because right. they're not going to get it during the duration of the 10 weeks I'm with them. Right. So kind of mm-hmm. being like, all right, it's not a loss. It's just... Mm-hmm i'll be mm-hmm. it's a waiting period for mm-hmm. themselves and their lives and i was like okay like i'm satisfied with that answer i'll leave it there i'm not sure how much mm-hmm. i believe in it you know <laughs> yeah i
2: was gonna say like no yeah
0: it's hard to <laughs> right Theality of course
2: it's so difficult it's so
0: hard it's so hard i know it's like why yeah. are you asking
2: us to write this bs
0: when it's like
2: yeah but you know? the worst one is diversity statement
0: oh lord i mean
2: you're you're in california so you must have seen a few already of course yeah but for I'm me, I was like, that them. is the most stupid shit anyone has to waste their time on. No one is going to write, I'm against diversity, right? <laughs> I do not understand the point of this document. And then sometimes they're like, it has to be two pages. I'm like, you want two fucking pages or everyone's saying I support diversity in A, B, C, D, right? I was like, I hiring me is diverse itself. Yeah, <laughs> Just yeah, yeah. hire me, right? Yeah,
0: yeah. it's like, you, you, you know, good on you for hiring me. I know, but I... I also agree. I don't know what the point of it is. Maybe, and this is just like my cynicism stepping in. Maybe the point of it is like if they want to hire a white person, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, And that white, they want to make sure that this white person is kosher, right? And they Mm -hmm. have their diversity stuff in check in place. Like they're not writing crazy shit. Maybe that's what what it's for.
2: To double check, right? Yeah, Mm -hmm. it's
0: mostly to check Mm -hmm. in with the whites more so than... The people but that is call. so
2: annoying for everyone else. It is. It's like, like a why waste you of time. Yeah, why
0: you maybe they should just be like, okay, if you are not a white, <laughs> if you are not <laughs> a cis man
2: and hetero, <laughs> yes.
0: then you don't have to write this.
2: I really think they should start that.
0: Yeah, cuz it takes yeah. time. Writing each mm. of these fucking documents takes so much time. I have yeah. three I have three applications that um are due in February and I'm just like you know they're like really never time ending. consuming they are they are, uh, they are. but i i but think good luck grace good luck thank you i'm really trying my best not to lose hope i know mean, i'm getting the rejection slips in the in the inbox already like three came but in this already. is your
2: first year of trying right it is my
0: first year of trying absolutely oh shut the fuck up woman no i know no. i know just no <laughs> i know i should chill out but it's, yeah, I, I, like the last two rejection slips, like I wasn't that impacted by it. The first mm-hmm. one, I was just like, God damn. But like the last two, I was just like, all right, you know? Um, but I think also, like, in, with the pandemic and all and like the recession and all, I think it's also tough. Because yeah. I mean, since it's you and really I, tough, right? Yeah. yeah. Since you want to graduate around the same time, like, I graduated into an economic recession in the United States mm-hmm. and. Mm-hmm. There were no jobs. There were none. In fact, all eight years of my high school and college um, schooling, all I heard from every single adult around me was, wow, you're going to have it tough once you graduate. <laughs> I was like, thanks. Because it was the Bush administration, you know? And yeah. that fucker was, you know, ruining everything for us. And I was just yeah. like, "God damn," you know?
2: Yeah. And it But did that's take the me only reason I did the master's, to be honest, because I couldn't get a job. It was sure. so impossible in 2008, sure. you know, when we when I graduated, um, it, it was 2008. Yeah, because UK is three years, and it yeah. was just impossible. Everyone did a masters.
0: The worst, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm just like now. I'm like, should I just like stay in school? Like, should I just like get an MFA or? <laughs> like you know you MBA, already have a book published an mba like you know yeah i'm like should I, go, <laughs> should I go to law school maybe i should go to law school you know like i'm like sitting around <gasps> you should like, go to law school thinking that nah I, I don't and you should
2: please anymore. make millions i would like <laughs> someone around me to please make millions so my... i know it happens to some good people in the world
0: <laughs> oh my god that is like no 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 the moment anybody makes a million dollars they just it, their heart turns black yeah.
2: Oh, um, I, just... I would love for my heart to turn black. I would like that <laughs> chance, please. I want the chance to be able to know what it feels like, you know, so that I have a choice. At the moment, I am denied.
0: <laughs> to not have empathy, to not care. What is it like? What yes. is it like, you know, yeah. to have
2: so much money that you're just an asshole?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. But let me, let's me let talk about something in the rain a little bit since we're here, you know. Um
2: i just want to say i love that drama
0: i love this
2: drama too so mm-hmm. much what did you love about this show well i I love all rom-coms right like mm-hmm. this is how i got into film studies i've always yeah. loved rom-coms and i love k-dramas romances but they're always so melodramatic right and sure. that's the fun of it and I love that too because I really love all aspects of screen Mm -hmm. um but this drama was so subtle in its kind of love and it was so down to earth and so nuanced and Mm -hmm. I think that was so refreshing in its own way in a very quiet way um that I I loved it and I also loved the soundtrack which I know so many people did too yeah
0: um
2: although they went a bit overboard and played it too many times too many the same times. songs too yeah. many times i think yeah. first few episodes i was like i like it and then i was like too much <laughs> enough <laughs> but yeah. it still it worked you know it did it did yeah i agree um i think the
0: the writer director uh duo um i think kim un is the writer and Suk is the director and i think they're a good duo because they also mm-hmm. collaborated for one spring night which mm-hmm. have you seen yeah of course yeah uh, I felt like uh, something in the rain was better than yeah. One spring night in a lot of ways yeah um, and there was some there was a, a a sort of purity to something in the rain that one spring night sort of compromised on a little bit like I'm working in what on sense? so I'm working on this piece right now it's a it's a paper it's about uh, I'm gonna write about my Mister and uh, once um. Uh, something in the rain and perhaps one spring i'm not sure yet but like for something in the rain i felt like it was very realist a very realist mm-hmm. drama mm-hmm. um like many static shots like static frames like just a single frame just like long shooting you know just like shooting for a long time long takes and um not a lot of like jump cuts and editing you know Mm -hmm. like not a lot of frames per minute that Mm -hmm. kind of feel you know just kind of letting the drama flow or letting Mm -hmm. the tension um take place but Mm -hmm. from a distance Mm -hmm. and i think that's the subtlety and quietness that you're pointing to it's like it's a realist drama it's like watching a theater piece almost And this could have just as easily, I think, become like a makjang drama. It could have if they made certain stylistic choices or aesthetic choices. But um, I think the director is a bit of a realist kind of Mm -hmm. director. Like he's like the one k-drama director who's sort of uh t- like branding touch i can kind of mm-hmm. feel like his my right, tour right. touch i could uh-huh. sense through the screen whereas like other k-drama directors i don't yeah. really pay attention to i pay more attention to the drama writers which yeah, makes yeah. more sense when it comes to television um but with him i'm like okay he's like he's about something he's thinking you know
2: what else has he done except those two
0: he did the Kim Hye drama with Yu the um the one it's called like affair, an affair or something like oh, that. I haven't seen that so one. So Yu is a piano student. He's a virtuoso and okay. Kim Hye is, is like a piano teacher Um, and she's okay. like the director of some kind of like uh, music hall or whatever. Mm. And she's very wealthy and they start having an affair and mm. she's married. She's married to mm. somebody and she's like part mm-hmm. of like the upper echelons of Korean Mm -hmm. society. And he's Mm -hmm. like very low class, like working class Mm -hmm. boy. And they start having an affair. So um, yeah, like I was like, oh, okay. So like this director is into like older women and younger men kind of (laughs) storylines. But beyond just that, he's into like, like sort of like a realist sort of aesthetic. Um, Yeah. With with an affair, it's it it's it's had that too. You could kind of feel that touch, but with mm-hmm. something in the rain, it was very like like oh like this is the one like this is the one that's mm-hmm. sort of like giving him that branding, I would say, or that imprint.
2: But also the acting was so spectacular. I mean, so good, so good. Everybody, I mean... everybody on that yeah. show, yeah, yeah, literally I every
0: single it. person. Yeah, and that's why they use the same pretty much the same ensemble cast for
2: One Spring Night. (laughs) It's like, oh, like, she's she's, uh, so-and-so or she's so-and-so. But But it was too similar for me. It just, Mm. I didn't know. The storyline, I didn't know. What I loved about Something in the Rain was that even the obnoxious characters were yes. were not, it's not like a baktang, they were not made, they're obnoxious, but yeah. you could still kind of still see their perspective a little and yes. empathize somewhat, like with the mother and the exactly. father, um, I, but with One Spring Night, I just didn't feel enough from each character, I was just a bit like, okay, the main characters, they it didn't develop enough for me, it seemed mm-hmm. more or less the same from the start, whereas mm-hmm. with Something in the Rain, you saw, you were with them, right, throughout, and you see their development, yes. and you, you follow a
0: hundred percent i totally agree yeah and, yeah, and- i think Yajin is just such an accomplished actress like oh my god yeah i mean we've seen her like our entire lives like she's been in show business yeah. for like 20 years and she's still in yeah. her fucking 30s it's remarkable yeah. Yeah. but uh, and she
2: is so good at every role she takes every so
0: single i have not seen her in a single film or tv show where she sucked ever yeah like since yeah. the beginning of her acting career you yeah. know yeah. um and she's just like a natural born talent and so beautiful so and, beautiful and chonghee was so mm. poised so poised yes she's yeah. like really got full control like when like full mm. presence command control um and she's got like I don't know, like, I'm sure you've seen Crash Landing on You, but, like, she's also so funny. Like, she has a great yeah, sense I of humor. I love
2: Crash Landing on You. Oh, <laughs> uh, what a great show. I had I mean. parts of your podcast as well. I didn't yeah. get to finish it, but I loved oh, it, yeah. Such a great show.
0: But, yeah, yeah um, even in that, like, amazing comedic timing yeah. and, you know, all of that. I was just like, yeah. yes,
2: yes. I mean, I'm not an actress, so I don't know. Yeah. But I always get the impression that if you act with someone like her, she almost kind of... Brings it out naturally in you. Whoever she works with, she makes it just work, right? The chemistry. Yeah,
0: yeah, a hundred percent. I agree. Yeah, yes. Because that's role right. was good, but it was kind yeah. of easier than her role, right? It was. I would say so. I would say so. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and like you know, like Jung Hae he's. I mean, he's very, very adorable, kind of looking guy. Very handsome. Looks like a very like a nice boy, right? Yeah. Like, um. You. You know, you grew up watching K dramas like, you know, in the nineties and two thousands. So you of course know Yushi won, right? And like, uh-huh. he has that nice boy face, right? And I feel yeah, like I guess Chunghe kinda has that nice face. But Chung He's boy... nicer looking. Yeah, he I think. is. He is. Yeah. I mean, maybe it's tainted because Ryu shin has all that scandal associated with, like, domestic right, issues right. and whatnot now, right? But in the 90s when he was—he mm. always played the nice boy, like, the nice protagonist. Right, right. Mm-hmm. He never played the villain ever. So right. uh, I was just like, yeah, jung Hae in has got that nice boy kind of look. Yeah. Uh-huh. I hope he doesn't. But I really
2: welcomed hashtag. that because I feel like yeah. we haven't had that enough. Mm. So in K drama, we've been so obsessed with that like cold. What's the phrase? Cold city. How do they say it in English? I don't Tushinam. know. Pushing them. What do they but say? But like
0: just a jerk, yeah. the, jerk off boy. The yeah. jerk. <laughs> yeah. The jerk. <laughs> the jerk.
2: Exactly. We've had so many like these men who are jerks Jerks. playing the protagonists of a love story Um, and that kind of like that kind of toxic masculinity is promoted and the women kind of throw themselves at them (laughs) are humiliated (laughs) over and over again episode after episode and yet you know the show is a success and I think This show showed us that we can have a nice decent guy who yes stays too nice and decent throughout so that was a bit boring but still it works you know and that was so welcome for me
0: it was and it's like okay he's reliable you know like he's Mm -hmm. steadfast nice and true and he's reliable and it's like that that should be stability not some wishy-washy capricious asshole who like yells at you who's (laughs) who's <laughs> screaming at you all the time, making fun of you.
2: Or like lies to you, stands <laughs> you up. I'm like, what kind of woman with no dignity just stands? But what a human being, like gender aside, right? Yes. Like someone treats you like that and you're like, oh, I still love him. It's like something's wrong with you. you know? yeah.
0: Abused people do that. Yes. Abused <laughs> yes. people do that. Yes. And of course, they all have the abusive parent or lack thereof. You know right <laughs> um that's like drama yes. yes it's like they're always orphans and I'm just like what yeah. is that about you know that's like a yeah. big theoretical question that I want to answer with the the second um, monograph I work on because like mm-hmm. I you know I'm sort of like making an outline now and I'm like I want to answer that orphan question you know like orphans and refugees are a big part of Korean history and we see an orphan in literally every single Korean drama. Like, name a Korean drama, there's going to be a fucking orphan in there. And it's, like, to their detriment, always.
2: You know? Yeah. Like,
0: I've never seen an orphan who's like, eh, it's, it's all good.
2: You know? yeah, <laughs> I've never yeah.
0: seen one like that. And... Well, like,
2: socially successful without any insecurities. They yes. always have some baggage that yes. comes out. In it. Yes. Yeah.
0: And I feel like, you know, oh, is this some kind of... Like, while I understand it's good for storytelling and like, you know, building conflict and whatnot, uh, but it's also like, I mean, Korea has this history, you know, yeah. of like many refugees, many orphans. And to this day, there are a lot of orphans that are being shipped out of Korea. Uh, even though Korea is like, you know, top 20 economy in the world, like, what's, what's going on? Um, yeah. So I, I kind of want to answer that question. It's like, what's oh, going absolutely. on with the orphans, you know?
2: yeah so. absolutely it's this blood type patron lineage isn't it That <laughs> persistent too. that too you know yeah
0: um
2: yeah but you know with the orphan something i always think is um is the korean americans or like diasporic koreans are depicted mm-hmm. somewhat similarly i always find mm, with this so? kind of that otherness i yeah. don't know i always think of that as related um, huh. When Because you, you were talking about like the um, international adoptees, right? Yes. Um, Alluding to that in the 80s. Yeah. Um, when you see them coming out in cinema or like films about them or TV shows about them, it's always that othering distance. And I think that still continues on to the kind of gyopo um who Mm. come back to korea as well at least that's my opinion for sure i think
0: that's true yeah and and the way that um korean dramas will often depict like anybody who's non-korean right it's like even though even though they're like american you know native english speakers like they speak english as if it's their first time speaking ever, you know, like <laughs> on television. It's like, do you not know how to speak? Like, you know, what we'll right. kind of actors? <laughs> where would you find these actors? You know, right? And that's a problem you're gonna have in almost every single like movie or television where you have like you know these international kinds of uh, collaborations. But yeah, I feel like in Korean dramas, like it, they need to work on that a little bit. Not to say that mm-hmm. Hollywood doesn't make the same mistake mm-hmm. i'm sure you, you've seen black panther right yeah, yeah remember that scene when they're in busan and they're having a quick chat with the koreans i'm like they're not korean <laughs>
2: Like, i could not understand anything
0: not a thing not
2: a thing it was I could, really tough
0: i was like i could understand lupita and Nyong'o way better right, than, right. <laughs> than this quote-unquote Ajima, right now like yeah. i have no idea what's going on with her
2: so that i don't know what happened because that was filmed in korea right yes
0: it was filmed in busan i'm like you have like like probably like a million actors in korea right now right who, exactly so i don't know have... what
2: happened there yeah <laughs> it's because it they don't weird. try they don't yeah. try
0: they don't try and you know Engage locally, you know, maybe because they're, right. like, oh, they're afraid of pay- payouts, you know, like, oh, this is right. just like two lines and they don't want to pay somebody like a million dollars for this scene or whatever. But I'm like, but if it makes it good, you know, why pay not? Pay me a
2: million and I'll do it, the two lines. <laughs> <laughs> and
0: let your heart turn black. Yes. All yes. of it. Let it happen. Proudly. <laughs> Proudly. Wait, so can I ask you about um, your dissertation book? Um like where, where are you at that uh, what stage are you at with that
2: oh basis? no not not no? a good topic <laughs> really okay. um well because i think i made i think in hindsight actually i don't think enough time has passed for it to really say in hindsight sure. um, but i actively made the decision not to welcome my monograph fully until i find a tenure track or permanent position ah. because i was told that if you have the because you know the process is quite fast so once you get the Once you find the publisher you like, normally Mm -hmm. I've been told they give you like 12 months um, to get the manuscript in. And then within 12 months, then within the next like half a year to a year, it's out. So within a two year process, the book is out. And I wasn't really sure because my position at Tübingham was three years to begin with. I wasn't sure whether I would be in a permanent position then. And so Mm. many people said, if you're on tenure track and your book is out before or already signed before you start the position, then that doesn't count towards your tenure like oh so then you'll have to write another book so i kind of actively decided to not work on that until i find a permanent position little oh. did i know, it would, i'm still looking and it has been two years almost three years now so <laughs> in hindsight perhaps i should have gone ahead with it not yeah. knowing that this would be the case yeah. um so i kind of made a few chapters into journal articles mm-hmm. and then i just started working on new journals because i just thought you need the journals for publicate you need the publication list right for the jobs of course So I Mm. kind of prioritized that over book and then this year now I'm like you know what fuck it it's been too long I have to get back to the book so yes actually one of my new year's resolutions for 2021 was to get back and get that manuscript going and contact publishers um but yeah Yeah. no that
0: I think that's great um because I'm kind of you know you know uh, like thinking about these things like uh I, it's like overwhelming just thinking about um yeah going to, you know back in and then making massive revisions and trying to make them book worthy you know mm. it's just like the thought but of it you're doing it is now overwhelming no right now i'm still yeah. um i just got my comments back from my committee members like, yeah just uh, like a week or two ago so yeah. now um yeah and i just had my meeting with my advisor to talk about those mm-hmm. comments and my plan and whatnot. And, uh, like he told me, but like you it's... know,
2: Grace, I'm mm-hmm, mm-hmm. sorry. Sorry. No, no, finish it's
0: your okay. story. He just told me that it took him like 10 years to yeah, make it a book. And I was like, shit.
2: <laughs> I think a lot of people say six years, right? That's what Ugh. I hear often I was like, um, but actually it, the know? six years, I think is since finishing the PhD, i've realized and actually now it's been two over two years for me since i finished my phd almost three and i've done nothing i think more or less right but Uh that has really been useful Uh i think maybe three years was too much two years i think you need at least a year and a half that space Mm -hmm. away and then you see other publications that you didn't see and for me i did so much teaching in that time that i got so much historical grounding that i didn't realize I didn't have, right? I Uh thought I had enough during my PhD. And then you take a break, you do, you teach the most random shit, right? That does not link to your topic, but they become secondary sources that help frame your argument in a way or whatever. And then there are more publications that come out. And I think that distance has been really useful for me to think, okay, the structure has to change like this, right? For Uh a book. And then you read more monographs in a different way during that time as well, because, I mean I did. So that was really useful. So Okay. I think some space is good. For uh, that's
0: helpful for me to hear. Thank you. No, I yeah, that's really useful cuz I was just like, man, like wait, so like I, once I file it submit, I have to contact publishers. I was just like, whoa, right. like that just seems so intense like it seems too much yeah
2: I think some people do though so actually at the mm-hmm. end of my yes. PhD I got contacted by two publishers just from conferences mm-hmm. sure. um who were interested and I'm really glad I didn't go ahead with them because if I had I think the book would have come out more or less the same as the PhD standard um mm. and I'm, then I would be really ashamed for the rest of my career because right? <laughs> now you realize oh that was a piece of crap and you know <laughs> I don't want that to be associated with my name yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm so embarrassed to know this so, yeah,
0: I, yeah. I had a um, a professor tell me that she was just like you know if anybody like approaches you like immediately and you're like a young scholar you know yeah. early on in your career and they just like approach you and they want to publish you immediately like blindly just be wary of them you know she's yeah. just like because they're it more means they're in desperate. need of you yeah. yeah they're more in need of you than you are of them yes yeah. yes and she was just like yeah. she's like you know s- just don't be insecure like set up some standards for yourself and mm. you know just know that like what you have is valuable it's a valuable contribution i was like oh okay i'll keep that in mind thank you she's basically saying be a snob (laughs) yeah
2: (laughs) but that is how that is the attitude of academia (laughs) yes be
0: a chooser even though you're a beggar yes yes
2: that is the also key part that i do not enjoy but yes at all times and i know right it's so (laughs) idiotic like oh fucking and we have such piss poor pay yes "Hmm."
0: and yet it's like oh we're like professors and so like you know you would think like oh elegant lifestyle like sophistication and blah 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 it's like we can't afford any of that crap yeah
2: like like, should i have dinner or spend that money on a bottle of wine
0: (laughs) that's the reality oh my god it's so sad i can't stand the fact that it's like that over there too because in the states it's very much the case like
2: but europe is um... much worse in terms of pay than the u.s no
0: are you serious?
2: I thought the in... U.S. has a higher salary for professors. Are you I kidding?
0: I I didn't I didn't know that. I don't think that's true. I I thought for well, some maybe. reason maybe this is like my ignorance, American ignorance. Like I was just thinking like oh like Europeans um, value intellectuals more than Americans do. They value artists more than we do. So I thought right, they would but be
2: compensated. In America, when you're valued, they compensate with money. In Europe, when they value you, they just value you. <laughs> they did <do> not compensate. <laughs> I mean it's true, they may value you know intellectuals, but they're not necessarily gonna pay you more. That's funny. Okay, I like
0: that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, in America it's all about money. It's all about yeah, money. Yeah, if you're valued you get
2: paid, right?
0: Yes. And we're we're trained that way too. Like unfortunately not until much later on in life, you know. Like I only learned like practically in my thirties, like, you know, to value myself in that way, you know. 'Cause mm-hmm. um Yeah, I did a lot of fucking free labor, free work um, with the creative stuff and intellectual stuff that, you know, I should have been compensated for. But yeah, now I'm like, no, like money talks, Mm. like, like, what's the contract? Give me a deal Mm. memo. What's the pay going to be? I want to start out with that conversation first and then we'll continue because otherwise it'll be a waste of everybody's time. So, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. I mean, this is a good way to wrap up. I know you're. Your article on, uh, what was it? It was like generic hybridity, right? With fantasy mermaids and like aliens and whatnot. I thought it was a great article. That's going to be in an edited anthology coming out this year, right?
2: Yeah. So that, I was actually saving that for a journal if possible, because for us, journals matter so much for sure. job applications. Yes. Yes. Um, but I got, con- well, it was through someone I knew, someone recommended me to these editors mm-hmm. who were making this book, compiling mm-hmm. this book on kind of romance stories, and they wanted to include some, something from Korean, Korea-related culture. Mm -hmm. And one of the editors was this um, scholar that I had read a lot as an undergrad on rom-coms that I enjoyed, Mm -hmm. like Hollywood rom-coms. And so that kind of childlike part of me was like, I want to be in this book with this editor who I've, you know, read before, and it won't count for as much as journals, but I'm still going to do it. So I went ahead. And actually, it was such a great decision, because they allocated a different editor for each um, article, and I got to work with a different editor. Mm -hmm. Um, But it was such a great process. And I learned a lot about how to edit well, just through seeing how she edited my work, and Mm. the back and forth kind of communication. And I think with journal peer review, you don't get that kind of one-to-one yeah. help with your work so yeah. that was really useful um but that book is coming out in june i believe but that's I mean, exciting we finished the manuscript like quite a while ago so i think it's just the publishers are taking a while
0: yeah that's that's how it is with academic publishers but um, yeah. what's the
2: title of this anthology we in an age of i oh, and nice. then romance bonding in a blah blah, blah. yeah that's exciting longer. i'm i'm really yeah. excited for that
0: and so that's going to yeah. be like um just like romantic comedy like across all like media or is it tv specific
2: no i only look at five k-dramas that feature um kind of i call it otherworldly beings so people who are not humans non-human characters as love interests so like mermaids um aliens whatever within very famous big budget from korean k-drama rom-coms um and then i look at these five dramas and i look at the patterns and trends they have within and link it to kind of social phenomenons yeah sure
0: yeah oh, okay uh yeah i meant like the anthology itself
2: but oh anthology is <laughs> yeah. like really beyond just screen i mean ah. some of it's kind of looking at internet um like blogs i think oh, and wow. like internet culture so it's not just visual culture um okay. it's just culture in general um and i think oh, it's wild. quite global too so okay. i haven't read all the articles i've just seen the contents list obviously um but mm-hmm. i look forward to the book being released so that i can see the articles too so that's exciting it's, it sounds interesting yeah. yeah
0: no i i really i quite liked your article i thought it was um a, a great one and like you know when i reteach the k-drama class i'd like to incorporate it because um yeah this whole like fantasy stuff and like these you know it's like Koreans are so um hellbent on like ethnic national like ethno-nationalism right. and all yeah. of that and then it's like okay
2: well how do we like how do we mix it up and so oh look like, right.
0: a mermaid an alien right.
2: <laughs> yeah, you know with the mermaid I love the way they try to base it in history they're like <laughs> in like original primary texts from whatever century Koreans yes. had mermaids Yes, you know? yes, and they're like this is the historical basis for this drama <laughs> yeah yeah like i love that
0: yeah even um i mean this is relevant too like my in the last episode i talk about um like kingdom and zombies Mm -hmm. in a period piece like have you seen kingdom of course (laughs) yeah like that is wild too it's like okay it's chosen dynasty uh there are zombies
2: (laughs) (laughs) but what i loved about kingdom um was I mean, it was good, but I didn't think yeah. it was spectacular, right? Uh-huh. Um, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't yeah. like, you know. But I loved how the hats went viral on Twitter. Did you see that? The what? Like, hats. hats, Your hats? Hat design. Yeah. Uh, like so the all these stuff? white people the watching stuff? Kingdom oh. were like, check out the crazy hats and Korean gay <laughs> show. Like, <laughs> Kingdom. And they're like, the photos of different kinds of hats in the show went like crazy on Twitter. And I was like i had never thought twice about the hats in this drama. And then the white people choose something that is completely, you know, with a fresh eye. It was yes. so funny. Yes. You should look it up.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I love that. Well, I mean, their fashion is amazing. Like, whenever I watch, um, like, Korean period pieces, I'm just, like, I adore their clothes.
2: Yeah. Um, it's really beautified, right? Yeah. They are.
0: They are so beautiful. And, like, they look so comfy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> because they're, like... <laughs> Loose and airy. I'm like, I want to dress like that all the time. Like, when I was, when I was watching, uh, Itewan class, I was obsessed with the, uh, that, the patriarch's clothes. Tande's clothes? His clothes were amazing. I was like, I want to dress that way. Like, I want to dress like that That man all the time. Yeah. It looks so so elegant. It looks so elegant and clean and sharp and sophisticated, but kind of traditional in a way. Uh huh. And comfortable It looks well, really they, they
2: cool. did their job didn't they they convinced you the words I you just like, used to describe it exactly what they wanted
0: yeah I was like I want that
2: outfit for myself you know just to wear and walk around so it, funny you know? um, that's so funny because when I saw that show like, I watched it with my sister my sister was yeah. like I want to read his autobiography I can <laughs> learn so much from it and I was like you know he's the villain in this drama but like, he I was I don't care so,
0: he was <laughs> so fascinating that character was oh. really interesting was he not and great he acting so right oh my god he's he that guy's an amazing actor like yeah. he was in reply 1988 as yeah the i was just about to say guy. that yes i like, was just about very, to say
2: that yeah very different very mm. like you know something in the rain has so much um in there yes yeah. yes, and you know yeah. yeah, not just in terms of her work storyline of you know the sexual harassment, but really in the kind of agency within a love story as well. I think the family yes. duties of a female. There's so much there yes. um, that we can kind of. I would love to read about basically. Okay. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah okay. You got it. Yeah. I was just. Great. I was just like, yeah, I like, this is um, this is something. This is something else. It's like very unique. It stands mm-hmm. out very unique. There isn't um. Yeah. You don't have a cheba in something in the rain, you know? Yeah. It, you just have the idea of it, which is yeah. the mother's obsession. And yeah. She's haranguing everybody around her. Which is the reality. It's
2: always the idea, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. But actually, it's... my mother saw that show yeah. and she was like, I've learned really to appreciate the youth. And she said, I'm going to be more respectful of your, like, relationships. And I was like, wow. this show has... You're like,
0: I'm married. <laughs> what are you talking about? Well, about like... my
2: sister, about my sister, right? Because ah, my sister's right. not. She was like, I understand that it's really hard. This show was really eye-opening for me. I'm going That's to try nice. to be more respectful. It was really interesting. And I thought, the drama is fascinating.
0: Well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fascinating. That could lead to a whole, like, audience studies work on, like, yeah." Korean mothers and you know shifting values you know
2: right but it's also a lot of mothers I think would not have stuck by and and seen it right like my dad Uh, gave up after one episode was like I'm not watching this shit I think that's very difficult because they watch tv Mm together but my mom was like I need to learn about young people's relationships (laughs) through this drama because my daughter is unmarried how difficult is it to date these days (laughs) etc And
0: that is a really great eye-opening moment because it is really hard to date because there are, most men are shit, you know? Like, most men are shit. Like, I met your husband. He seems like a stand-up guy, really good guy, you know, caretaker, (laughs) seems really sweet. Uh, But, man, like, there are some horrible, horrible, beastly men out there. And And also,
2: just dating itself is hard, you know? Yeah, and I think parents just, I didn't know it was really interesting hearing that response from my mother.
0: That is interesting. Yeah. That age group do not often watch these dramas, right? They don't. Yeah. It's actually very refreshing. Yeah, yeah. I somewhat. Yeah. I feel refreshed just hearing hearing that. Like that's your mother's <laughs> response. Oh, these and I like I don't know, maybe I should edit this out, but like these books on Korean television are so supremely boring. But I I want to just rip my eyeballs out of my sockets when I'm reading them because I'm just like this is so tearfully boring like why are you taking such a fun thing and then making it the most boring thing ever um,
2: it's also so limited this is my problem with it I go through the mm-hmm. contents and I'm like really? it's like the same topics repeated and there are yes! so many good things at the moment that are not being addressed oh, and I, I don't know, know what it is because these scholars do not watch these shows or are (laughs) they unaware of the trends or whether the publication is so late that you know they're being written on and are not yet published i can't tell what you know what is the problem here but it might be yeah. both
0: and it and it also might be true that you and I watch too much TV it's just yeah. that just might be the case you know we, we have better tastes maybe in television you know it's like why are you writing about this bullshit when you could have been watching this
2: you know but of <laughs> I really have a generic taste I like I'm so boring in what I like I like something that everyone else likes you know what I like yeah. is always you know something that everyone else likes it's very like generic it's nothing yeah. that news. So yeah, <laughs> I don't understand what's I think it's the
0: approaches you know um Mm. because you know I think being a Koreanist is different than being like you have cinema media studies training I have cinema media studies training like we're trained to look at things from beyond just one thing you know like you're looking at like genre hybridity you know um like I want to look at like genre as well but like realism like what is realism Mm -hmm. in the context of feminism in in working like, like white-collar spaces in Korea, like right. very specific kind of thing. It's like we could be this specific and home in on this one thing and then talk about it for 25 pages. It's possible. Right. Whereas, you know, maybe some Koreanists just feel like, oh, we got to talk about broad, big stroke stuff. And I'm like, do you have any idea how effing boring that is you know whenever they're like transnational flow i'm like put a gun to my head right now right now end my life this is so boring i want to die i don't care that you sold this shit to china i don't care i don't care you know um the one article that i found very very interesting in that uh the it was that K-drama anthology, the one that, you know, we both said, like, there weren't a lot of... Oh,
2: that, that something, Rise of K-drama or something, yes, right? Yes, that yeah. one.
0: Yes. Um, uh, Minju Lee, she she was a student at UCLA in gender studies, and uh, she and I used to do like a writing group thing when we were both okay. writing our dissertation, and that was very helpful. Uh, she wrote this very, very fascinating, like ethnographic piece where she studies Korean masculinity as like this attractive masculinity and she went and stayed at hostels all around korea like in seoul i mean where um like non-korean like americans you know like american girls american young women would travel to seoul in order to essentially sleep with korean men because i know what? i know how juicy this is a thing how juicy is that I i've know. never
2: heard of this I also know. dedication i
0: know I know. <sighs> I know the commitment that these that is wow. that these the, these women have i'll send you the kudos the to them
2: <laughs> yeah yeah go and no, get I, yours i like the right. the book i ordered it oh, okay okay i just yeah, haven't yeah. read many of the articles yeah I'll that's the up.
0: one article i would say out of that um anthology mm-hmm. that's worth how's the ghost story one that's the one i've been meaning to read
2: oh yeah yeah, yeah. i need to one? check
0: out the ghost story one because i'm gonna yeah. teach one on ghosts and zombies but she she um yeah like interviewed these young women and they wow. were basically it's an idea again it's an idea it's a fantasy mm-hmm. like it's an mm-hmm. it's an imagined romance you know mm-hmm. and um well, i feel like i feel like Min-ju should have taken it a little bit further so she's basically saying like they, these women have this orientalist uh, objectification of these Korean men mm-hmm. because of what they've seen in Korean dramas, which is, of course, this is t- it's a TV show. Like Korean men mm-hmm. are mostly not like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, like Tong Ain is
0: not walking around you know, single. <laughs> He's not a lover soul. Come on. You're not going to find a kinship yeah. on everywhere you turn. Yeah. Come on, ladies. But they objectify these men. And the men, in turn, of course, objectify non-Korean mm-hmm. women's bodies and fetishize them. And so it's like almost a match made in heaven, except it's like very much uh, not seeing each other for who they are.
2: But underneath. in a way, that's what they want, right? Yeah. The, I mean, a... well,
0: no, the girls want actual authentic romance. That's what they, they want, want. They
2: want more. It's not just the... Oh. they're not here just for a fling like... or a one night stand. <laughs>
0: There is this like one segment, and I don't know if it's in that, because um, I was reading Minju's dissertation when we were uh, in that writing group, but this one story that just like broke my heart. So there was this young girl, she's like a co- like, recent college grad, or she's in college doing a study abroad for a summer. She's in Seoul. She meets a Korean guy. They start dating. She doesn't want to have sex with him. He keeps pressuring her to have sex. And she, in her mind, she keeps rationalizing in in okay. the interviews, she keeps rationalizing mm-hmm. him as still this mm-hmm. ideal gen like gentle genteel man and he's not he's off, obviously a piece of shit right mm-hmm. but like even to the end she continues to rational so it's like it's like this hellbent fantasy this um mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. this imagination that she doesn't want to let go i was thinking, i when i first heard you describe it i thought it was going to be the opposite where these women women just want one a one-night stand with the korean you know they go they yeah. they don't care if it's not real they just want it and then they're out right like but, a like a mm.
0: sex tourism kind of thing but it's more yeah, than anyway. that there's affect associated mm-hmm. with it that's the problem mm-hmm. You know, Um, that's where injury takes place, so to speak. Mm. So it's Mm. like, it's really interesting because it's like an imagined othering that goes both Mm -hmm. ways, except one on the one end from the female side, there are greater expectations. Mm. And uh, I was just thinking like Minju should have taken this even further and just said, Mm -hmm. all of these girls are lesbians because... (laughs) those <laughs> those korean dramas were written by women and hello you're just like this is a, a woman's fantasy that you're striving for you
2: guys are dykes y'all yeah. are lesbians it really, is, it really is a female fantasy there
0: yes yeah. it's a queering this is a queering moment so i'm like minju you should have taken it there like take <laughs> that would have been like yes get weird take that to the the Korean free step, cultures conference one step too far <laughs> exactly be an american I love it. I be love a it. patriot be yes take it all the way you know i love it because i was just kicking yeah. back and i was like these girls want a korean man but they don't want a korean man they want a korean yeah. man imagined by a korean woman all yeah, of these yeah. men were constructed by Korean women's minds, so y'all are lesbians. Embrace <laughs> it, you queer queer young dykes, go to Korea and like just put a wig on these guys cuz they you know what you want is an imagined, you know. Yeah, like like a, a female fantasy. So um that's where she should have taken it in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. But it's fun. Yeah. Very good. I like it. I like it. Refreshing. You. Refreshing. Yeah. Let's refresh. Let's always refresh. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. It's great having
2: you. Yeah. So we'll be in touch. Well, I'll be in touch for sure. Yeah.
0: For next week, I'm going to talk about Itewan class, which pretty much everybody's seen during the pandemic. Uh, I remember going on TikTok and just seeing that, like, literally every single person was watching Itewan class. Um so yeah, I'll be talking about that show. And uh folks, if you haven't already, please subscribe on YouTube to K-Drama School. Please follow K-Drama School on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. Email me if you have questions, right? So far lit- like literally nobody's emailed me. The only people who email me are like I don't know, like this, this site called Popcorn, they keep telling me to like do sponsorships and I'm like, no, it just doesn't sound like it's worth it. Dude, if you wanna sponsor the show, you can. All right. If there's something you wanna sell, I will I will do it. I hate this whole commercial, commercialized capitalist society that we live in, but I will do it. Okay? If you wanna sponsor the show, I will fucking eat it up. If you wanna sell used panties, I will I will sell them. I will sell the shit out of them. Okay? Just fucking email me (laughs) reach out okay so that is all for now and i will see you all next week